Welcome to the Ultranet Products Podcast. Today's guests are Dr. Rich Tuttle and Dr. Shea Bess. Dr. Tuttle is the head of Ultradent's R&D department and has been practicing dentistry for 30 years. He had a career in the military as well as a private practice. Dr. Bess has a general practice in South Jordan, Utah. The two of them will be discussing Chromaclone PVS impression material. I'm Shea Bess. And I'm Rich Tuttle. We're here to discuss a little bit about uh, Chromaclone PVS impression material. Impression materials have changed a lot over the last 20 or 30 years in dentistry. Um, starting from uh, the old days of using rubber-based impression materials um, to use in hydrocolloids and then polyethers and now we're at um, polyvinyl siloxane impression materials. And aren't we all glad of the uh, progress that we're making? (laughs) We have made a lot of progress over these years. Um, Impression materials in the past were hard to deal with. They were uh, difficult to use, Uh, they had a taste that was unpleasant for the patient, and mixing was very difficult. So as we've progressed in these materials over the years, um, the newer materials have have become very easy to use, and the patients like them a lot. I don't know that anybody really likes it, but they're more tolerable. Um, That is true, but uh, don't (laughs) dental assistants like them a lot more than they used to also? I don't know, I'm not that old of a dentist. With these new polyvinyl siloxane impression materials, um, um, dentistry has actually progressed a lot in the ease of taking impressions. Um, we've, we're to a point now where these materials, uh, especially this chromoclone material from Ultradent, um, has a, an increased hydrophilicity. In other words, uh, resins um, and polyvinyl siloxane materials tend to not like fluid at all or water. Um, however, this material, because of its branched resin, resin chemistry, um, actually likes to have some water present. You do not have to have a desiccated uh, tooth or, or um, gingival tissue to take a very fine impression. Personally, I think that you still should desiccate it. Um, no, seriously, if you're going to take an impression, don't you desiccate the tooth? Don't you get it as dry as you can? I mean, I know that we say that it's hydrophilic, but don't you get it as dry as you can? Yes, you still want to dry the tooth, obviously. However, you don't need to worry so much that you have to have the tooth bone dry to get a good impression like you had to with, with uh, polyethers and rubber-based impression materials um, bec- because these tolerate a little bit of moisture. So, yes, the ideal thing is to still have it dry. And as we know in dentistry, it's almost impossible to eliminate all the fluid. And so this is just more forgiving. It just makes it easier to take that that ultimate impression that you want so you don't have to redo them. Agreed, but I think that we have to be careful in suggesting that it's hydrophilic. We don't want to paint the picture to any young dentist out there that's just getting started that he can leave the tooth wet or that the tissue can be bleeding a little bit. That that can't be the case. We have to have good control. The tooth, it really does, it needs to be dry and we need to work that impression material in there. I appreciate that it is hydrophilic and a little bit of moisture is, you know, is forgiving. At the same time, it needs to be dry. That's true. I don't disagree with that at all. Um, and, uh, and, and I think dentists will not, will not get the impression that they can you know, leave, it, leave a tooth wet when we, when we list these kind of things as, as far as uh, the advantages of this kind of impression material. Um, it's still very important to retract the tissue, um, to um, control hemorrhage, and to control saliva. And there are a lot of great products on the market that do that. Um, but this does give you a little bit of advantage in, in that some, some moisture it does not uh, hurt the technique. Sure. 
Um, you know, another nice thing about these, these new materials um, is the fact that they come in so many viscosities. So it makes it so you have a lot of options, no matter what type of technique you like to do, um, or you like to, the way you, way you make your impressions, that with so many different viscosities, it makes it a lot easier to be able to, to be able to design and use this material for the type of technique that you like to use. And I think, for me, that's been one of the biggest advantages um, as a student in dental school. You know, you, you use the product that they have. They give you an impression material, and you go take your impression with it. And as you get out, you kind of you know, you use what they use because you don't know any better until you have an opportunity to dabble with a few other things. And I have found as I've taken impressions, the lighter I go, the more I like it. Um, and that's one of the things that we talked about when I first tried the super light is that I just thought it was just too runny. It just didn't feel right. But as I've used that lighter material, lighter in viscosity, I've liked that a lot more. So for me, it's been good to try a couple of the different viscosities and recognize that with that lighter material, I can squirt that around there a lot better and get a, a cleaner impression and more accurate. So do you like to use a heavy, a heavy um, body impression material with a super light, or what are the combinations that you think work the, work the best in your technique? For me, what I like is I like the purple, the wash, the light. Um, I squirt that on the tooth once I have good control. I squirt that on the tooth. Then I blow it off as hard as I can with the air the first time, and then I put that on there again, and then I have an assistant load the tray with the heavy body. For me, that's where I'm at right now. I will probably lean more towards the super light at some point. I'm still making that adjustment and change is slow, but for me right now, that technique works very well. How do you think that the, the colors of these materials aid you in being able to read the margins and aid the lab in, in being able to make the prosthesis? For me, it's all about good tissue control and a good crown prep. If you do those things, I think that your margins are, are distinguishable. But it is nice to have a color that is going to accentuate that. If you can get that impression material to extend beyond your crown margin um, a little bit, then I think it is just really easy to see margins. And that way the lab has, there's no question as to where the margin is. And there's no question as to where the whatever type of crown you're going to use or inlay or onlay or whatever you're going to use, where that should start or stop. So for me, it's all about a good preparation, good control of the tissue, good control of fluids, and then using a good quality product like this impression material that we have and using it in such a way that you can read those margins effectively. Uh, and I agree. Um, I found that with, uh, especially with the super light body, this, this, the bright yellow color that was chosen for this um, just really accentuates those margins. Um, even if you don't have a wide shoulder or a chamfer, if you have even a, even a, a knife edge type of, uh, of margin, it just seems to make it easier to be able to read some of those margins. Like I say, mostly I've used the purple, that light, um, and that's kind of where I've, where I've stuck. But I know we've talked and I'll probably make that switch to the yellow here shortly. So in your technique, do you, do you like to use putty? Is, is putty part of your technique, or is that something that, uh, that us older uh, dentists tend to use more? I think that uh, putty is definitely a technique of the older gentleman and uh, not something that those of us that are a little younger in our careers are using much of. Did you use putty in, in school? Was that a technique that you were taught, in taking a preliminary impression with putty before you uh, prepped the tooth? Yeah, we were forced to do that. But, the, but then that, uh, you decided you didn't like that technique um, because it was more steps or more difficult. It's more time-consuming. Um, there's more material to use. Um, it just didn't seem 
it didn't seem as effective and as efficient as we're able to do it now with the materials that we have. I just, for me personally, I don't see the advantage of going there. Now maybe in some certain situations, um, if you're doing full mouth reconstructions or something like that, there may be a, a, a situation where you can justify that. But for me, you know, I'm doing a lot of single crowns. I don't do a ton of full mouth reconstructions. You know, there's a bridge here and there. I do implants. For those sorts of things, you know, most crowns are by themselves, maybe two in a row, maybe one on top, one on bottom. I just not seeing in your case three. However, you know, I just for me, I'm just not doing these huge cases where I feel like I have any advantage in using a putty technique. I can get what I need by just squirting the stuff in there, and it's just so fast and so effective. Um, do you ever use the putty to, um, for your assistants to make temporaries with? Um, I find that the putty is very helpful um, in taking that original impression and then make the temporary um, you know, with an acrylic in the putty. Um, I haven't used it for that. I use a product not made by Ultradent for that exact thing. I find Blue Moose to be very effective. <laughs> and and I, I, I use Blue Moose too, and I love Blue Moose, but I think you can get the same results um, with, that you get from, with Blue Moose you also using, using a putty um, like this. Uh, you can, it, works, it may not set quite as fast, but it works about the same way. For that type of thing, I'm just looking for an impression material that sets up very rapidly. You know, you know, I can see how it could be used for that. What impression material uh, did you use before switching to uh, Chromaclone PVS? Like I said, in school uh, we used Aquasil, and so as I graduated I just continued with that product. I wasn't having problems with it, um, and then I had a chance to use the Chrome Clone. Uh, I did like the color. Um, I really liked the viscosity. For me, the viscosity and my ability to choose those different viscosities, and I liked them a little bit better. Um, I like the smell of it a little bit. Um, I think that it doesn't just have such a, just a flat, rubbery smell and taste to it. So that was a, a slight advantage as well. But I, I liked the product. Yeah, it seems like when I was uh, having some crowns done in your office that your assistants were talking about how much they uh, enjoyed the smell and it just made a better environment in the, uh, in the office during the procedure. So much of what we use does not smell good and it doesn't taste good, so it's nice to at least at some point in the procedure put something in there that's at least tolerable. Well, isn't that true about dentistry as a whole? I mean, Correct. most of the things we use, whether it be impression materials or astringents or uh, temporary materials, all smell bad, taste bad. And so it's nice if you can have something once in a while that actually um, smells and tastes a little bit better than other things. I agree. Have you had a chance to um, to use Chroma Clone Clone Bite, the bite registration material, and uh, and how do you feel about that? I have not used that, so that's another product yet that I need to turn over a new leaf on. Um, that's a nice product because it, it uh, does set very quickly and it's a, a very bright color. It's an orange color and, uh, and it has the same uh, flavor um, so you can both smell and taste the bubblegum flavor. And it can be used also to make temporaries. You know, that's a thought for me. It's nice to have the current material that I use for uh, that does not have a nice bubblegum flavor so I may look at switching that over. Um, how, what do you, how do you feel about the setting times of, of this Chromaclone impression material? Um, do you find that, uh, that uh, this material sets um, in a manner that you would like, is, or is it, uh, is it really fast material? 
Um, I know there are two different uh, um, speeds of setting times. There's a normal and a fast setting. Which is it that you like the best? Um, we use the fast in our office, um, but I probably have my assistants leave it in there a little longer. I want to make sure that that is completely set. I know that what the manufacturer says, but it's nice to just have that little extra time to make sure it's completely set. If we were to pull it out soon and it distorted, I wouldn't know until the crown came back. So I'd rather wait an extra 30 seconds. Um, and probably like most doctors, once I squirt the material in there, I leave the room. So my assistants have just been trained on how to handle that. And that's where you go take a break and, and have a cigarette and a cup of coffee. Something like that. Or I go see another patient, <laughs> depending on how the day is going. <laughs> um, what kind of, uh, let's talk a little bit about, um, about your impression technique. Um, do you use uh, custom trays? Do you use uh, acrylic trays that are meant for one use and throw away? Or do you use metal trays that you, you can reuse over and over? I just use the acrylic trays that are just used for one um, individual use, unless, of course, I'm doing a bigger case, like, you know, a bridge or something like that. But just on a single unit crown, I've had really good success with two-chord technique, um, good control with using ultradense products to control hemostasis, um, drying it out really well, pulling that top cord, um, squirting the chrome clone in there, and then just placing that tray in there and have the patient bite on it. My lab does a great job at getting those, and I just don't have a problem with single units. Obviously, if we're doing bridges or you know bigger things like that, um, then we use you know larger trays that are not something that the patient bites, and we take a full upper and a full lower impression. So, so you like using trip, the triple tray type of technique where they bite their maxillary arch into the, into the mandibular. For most cases, if I'm doing single crowns um, or even two together, you know. But again, if it's a large, if I'm doing a large number of them, then I'll then I'll make that switch. Do you ever use custom trays? I don't. And I think custom trays um, worked very well in the past when we had materials that, that weren't uh, um, engineered as well as these new materials, you know, when we had in the days of rubber base, which before that was before you were born. Correct. But uh, um, with these new engineered materials, um, the, the, the need, really the need or requirement to make custom trays really has gone away. I, I agree. That, yeah. uh, um, I haven't made a custom tray in probably 15 years now. Whereas the first 15 years of my practice, I used custom trays routinely. Right. And I have not been practicing for 15 years. And so at this point, there's no need for me to make a custom tray closing in on five years. So, Nor would you know how to. Oh, sorry. Uh, in dental school, the old man <coughs> taught me how to make a custom tray, and uh, mm -hmm. I was able to perform that task. Thanks for tuning in to this week's podcast. Be sure to tune in next week when our guest, Dr. John Kanka, will be discussing Simplicity Adhesive. If you have any questions or suggestions for an upcoming podcast, please send an email to ultradentnews at ultradent.com. <laughs>